Know you waiting on your days to get better. You see a whole lot of change with the help of a prayer. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. Come on, time and time again. You still show us we going. Build this up when we within it. Shine your light where it was then. Said you never let us down. With your words, we will find on as we learn through these trials. You remind us why we smile. Know you waiting on your days to get better. You see a whole lot of change with the help of a prayer. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. No matter how big the problem Ooh, is, God is great. Hey, how are you? Welcome to Pure Reflections, the podcast where we talk about motherhood, womanhood, and discipleship. I'm your host, Danielle Thompson, resident in counseling and mentor. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to hit subscribe. And now sit back, relax, and listen as I share what I've learned on my journey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's early. It's early, but we here. We here. We are so here. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm here with my sister, Dania Thompson. She is a fellow resident in counseling. Um, we met uh, at Christian Counseling Associates, and we've been rocking ever since. So we sure I have. just uh, I appreciate her presence here early on this Wednesday on the 17th of February. Just thank you for being here. You know, um, I, I, I invited, I called her up and I said, listen, sis, we got to do this discussion. So I'm just excited about it. I'm excited for the discussion. And yeah, you know, um, yeah, I'm ready to just get into it. Let's go. You know, I know, Danielle, I know you probably wanted to, you know, say your piece and introduce yourself. I mean, I think you already did it. Um, like you said, I'm a resident in counseling as well. Um, I do work full time doing counseling. So any opportunity to just come together and talk about stuff that concerns our community um, or just the mental health field overall is a privilege. And I have my own podcast, as Dietrich knows, um, it's Pure Reflections podcast. So I'm on Spotify and iTunes and he will be sharing this video with you all and I will be sharing the content on my podcast. So we going to get it out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, let's go ahead and just start talking about it. Um, you know, last week I had really started thinking about, you know, just with my experiences and just with just doing group, you know, each time. The beautiful thing about doing group is, is that you grow from getting different perspectives. It's not just one particular client you're listening to different clients and then you're listening to the interaction uh between them and one thing that i have seen uh to be a common thread um in both of my jobs is there there seems to be a triad of unhappiness now what i mean by that is 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 that there seems to be uh, uh these three different dimensions of unhappiness that people find themselves in and then at times people find themselves going back and forth uh, with. And one of those things is comparison, the other expectation, and the other is living in a state of denial. And that denial piece is a very tricky one because a lot of people are living in denial and don't even realize it. And so how do we get ourselves to a place where 
we become aware of those things. We become aware of when we're in those different dimensions and how do we maximize what's within our control to help manage and get us out of those things. Because comparison is a cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly comparing and comparing and comparing and comparing. And comparison is the thief of, uh, of happiness because you're constantly looking at what somebody else is doing, what somebody else has, what somebody else um, is going towards and what somebody else's goals are and using that as a measuring stick for your own life. And that's, it, it robs you of your happiness because it constantly makes you feel like what you're doing isn't good enough. Right, right. You know, expectations. You know, I, I've constantly said this before in previous videos that I've done. Um, the expectations are the breeding ground for resentment. It's not expectations by themselves, but misplaced expectations. Putting expectations on people that cannot live up to those expectations. And the truth of the matter is nobody owes us anything. Mm -hmm. Nobody owes us anything. And so when you have to have, when you, you have to have that mindset, otherwise you're going to live your life with constant disappointment. That's true. Constant you know, disappointment. It's interesting because it, there's so much that comes into play and you know me, I always like to look at things from a holistic perspective mm -hmm. and to start, I, I'm going to talk about one at a time because I think that's just easier for me to follow and really give my insight about it. So for comparison, I would say one of the biggest problems with that is not being mindful of what you see what you hear in the conversations that you have because that's where the influences come from right if we have a conversation with some someone about let's say a goal in our life that we want to do and then there's people that start giving you advice about it and say hey you should do this or you should do that or you should do this or you should do that when you've already created a plan in your mind on how to execute that that could be good in that right we can say you know what i never thought about it that way maybe I could implement that into my plan for a better result. Or it could be, oh my gosh, maybe I should be doing this instead. Or maybe this is not good enough. Or maybe I, I should just get rid of the plan altogether and just do exactly what this person does. So we have to be mindful. It's kind of like chew the meat, spit out the bones kind of thing. And be intentional about who we talk to making sure that they're people that we trust, making sure that we actually have seen fruit of what they've done in their lives and it actually works. And then also seeing how it applies for us. Is it suitable for our lives? So that's one. I will also say that what we see and what we hear. So, you know, people always talk about looking at social media and being presented with the ideology of what people should look like or what their lifestyle should be when it's not really realistic. Say that again. It, it's, it's not, not realistic. <laughs> it's not, not realistic. And that's a big piece. A lot of what you see on social media, it's not realistic. And people keep forgetting People only show you what they want you to see on social media. Yes, that's it. Go ahead with what you were saying. Even if you really, even if you shoot to be authentic, right, on social media, and you're like, you know, I'm going to show the rawness of things, even that's censored. If that, absolutely. It's still censored. Heavily. So, you know, people, you know, 
when people say, you know, well, I'm being my, they, they're still putting out an image that they have finalized mm-hmm. that they want to have out there. Right. You know, social media allows you to perfect the image that you want to be put out there. Right. Whereas, you know, somebody just seeing you, you know, on the street and just having a conversation. You're like, you know, whoa, that's just like, social oh. media? And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, we're meeting live in person? Oh, right. Okay. But yes, and, and you can get caught up in that. And, and in so many different aspects of life. Marriage, career, yeah. money. What you think is status. Oh, somebody got a house. So, well, that means that I need to rush up the timeline of me getting a house because I've been in an apartment for so long. And no, no, you need to move at your pace. Yep. Because if you move too fast, you might fall on your ass. Yeah, it's the truth. It's you understand really what truth. I'm saying? And so it, it you, you have to slow down and be like, okay, what's for me is for me. I have to understand what the process is for me and for the goals that I want to attain because mm-hmm. my goals are connected to my values. What's, what's important to me. And so what's important to me may not be important to someone else. And what's important to me might require a different process yep. than someone else. But that's a good segue into the expectations, right? And before we get into the expectations, the last thing I was going to say is our ears. You know, um, there's people that can speak life into you, and then there's people that can suck life out of you based off of their what their beliefs. And we have to be careful about, um, again, who we talk to, who we trust to pour into us, because a vulnerable moment can make or break us when it comes to someone's words that want to address what we're going through you know so a vulnerable moment can make or break us it sure can that's powerful it sure can and we see that lived out time after time especially with our clients right right that's that's what they that's a part of what happens when we're in session or when we're in group those are vulnerable moments for them and they're relying on us to to speak life into them, to encourage them, to reinstill the hope that's been robbed from them because outside of there, they've been enduring a lot of vulnerable moments that are mishandled. So the expectations, I would say, is um, we know what that looks like when we put it on other people and we're disappointed, but what about the expectations that we put on ourselves? My God. Of comparison. Right. We and a lot of times that. it is based <laughs> off of comparison. Yes. It is based off of comparison because when expectations are healthy, like when I set a good goal for myself, so a good goal for myself this week, I said I was finally going to get on the elliptical this week. Oh, I wow. assembled this. <laughs> don't do me. Don't do me. Don't do me. I had put, I, had, I assembled it together and everything, and I still ain't got on that damn elliptical yeah. yet. But oh, that said, before the week is out, I'm going to get on the elliptical. Mm-hmm. It's a realistic expectation for myself. It's here. I, I can at least get on it one time. I know. It's a realistic expectation. The problem is we're not setting realistic expectations for ourselves. Yep. An unrealistic expectation is me going from not working out at all to say, I'm going to work out five times this week. Well, I, I can't go from no workout to now I'm going to be working out five. I mean, I could. So I let me could. come for you Definitely. real quick. 
let me just come for you just a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. So your realistic expectation this week was to set up the elliptical. No, no, no. It was already set up. <laughs> it was already set up. It was already set up. I just was, I, I haven't actually got on it and, you know, got to moving yet. Okay. So I, okay. I get on there I and digress. I, you know, let some sweat drop. You know what I'm saying? You know, I get it. That, that's, that's what it is, you know actually get some use out of my investment right but yeah you know an unrealistic expectation is me setting the bar way up here because i'm looking at what somebody else is doing and i'm looking at what somebody no and you don't even necessarily have to be looking at what somebody else is doing you can just have a unrealistic expectation for yourself especially when you're an ambitious person and you want and you're a go-getter and you want to get there you got to be careful about that because what's your strength can also be your weakness right you know you we can be too ambitious we can be too hungry we can hustle too hard and it's a real thing and we hit burnout i'll tell you this um i remember having a conversation with one of my professors and I'm like, you know, I, I'm just a little bit of a perfectionist. I like things to be a certain way. And he's like, but Danielle, does perfectionism cause you to procrastinate? And I'm like, well, yeah, it, I think it does. I just never made that connection between the two. And we talked about it a little bit, but for the sake of this video, he was like, that stems from fear. That's why you place those unrealistic expectations on yourself to strive for perfectionism because you don't want to be vulnerable and that stems from fear because if you put yourself out there and it's not perfect you're going to be criticized and rejected oh wow and i was like oh that's heavy that's real heavy that that's a that's a personal hit you know what i mean because it's like wow am i really fearful that i won't be accepted Am I really scared to be vulnerable about this, or is it that I just really like it to be done the way that I want it to be done? And Which I had do you to think it is. I honestly speaking, I had to do a lot of introspection, a lot of prayer, and it was because I was scared to be vulnerable that I was going to be rejected for presenting myself authentically. Okay. You know, and that's being honest with yourself, of course. And that segues into the third dimension. Sure does. Living in denial. Living in denial. (laughs) Living in denial. And how do we not live in denial? We exercise self-awareness. It's important for you to know who you are. It's important for you to understand what your, your gifts, your talents, what your personality type is like. It's good for you to know what your fears are, what your anxieties are. Because... What bothers you is what bothers you. I mean, it is what it is. You know, if, if, if you don't like being in closed spaces, then you just don't like being in closed spaces. Right. Don't, don't set yourself up to be in a situation where you're in a closed space and then it causes an emotional response. And now you're conflicted. Whereas if you just be honest with yourself, put yourself in a position where you thrive, where you grow, where you learn. Right. Under what circumstances do I do best in? Under what circumstances do I perform best in? That's what where 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 real success is really birthed from. I'm going, you know, you 
you have to begin with the end in mind. Yes, it's the truth. You have to begin with the end in mind. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to end up? Is the path that I'm going on right now the most realistic path for me to get what I want out of life? And being honest with myself, is this really productive? I think to add to that too, you know, there there needs to be a balance of having the end in mind, but also remaining present because it's so easy for us to get on autopilot working towards our goals and um, setting expectations that we have that we miss out on where we are and what we can manage. And, you know, that goes back to um, self-awareness, of course. Um, But I also think that being able to have our future in mind and then knowing how to utilize utilize the resources that we have presently sets us up for the end, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And, and, and not only that, denial can manifest in so many different ways. I mean, when I hear people talk about denial, I, I, I hear it, you know, in different contexts, you know, mm-hmm. an abusive relationship, oh boy. addiction you know, gambling, which is an addiction, um, self-esteem, your fears, your phobias, um, especially with men, you know, men, you know, we, we don't do a good job of really being introspective mm-hmm. and, and, and truly being one with what's going on in our heart and our minds. What I mean by that, truly being honest with ourselves about our feelings. Because in most cases that I have seen, uh, men are conditioned not to release what's on their mind. We're, we're conditioned to be strong, deal with it, and move on. Right. Well, if you don't really be honest with yourself, if you don't really be honest about the feelings that you're feeling, are you really dealing with it? Right. Or are you just pushing it down? and packing one feeling on top of another on top of another. And you don't really know what's up underneath of all that. And you don't know the true you. You don't know your authentic self. And that's the reason why you, you, a lot of the street culture I have seen takes away a personality component. Right. Because you have to be hard all the time. That's a state of denial. Because you're not being your authentic self. You're scared to be your authentic self for fear of being called weak or being called soft. Right. And if you really talk to those young men after I get them, you know, and start talking to them for a while, I realize they're not really happy. They're trying to live up to an image so that they can survive in their environment. Right. And not even really know what survival looks like. Right. What is survival supposed to look like? What is life? You know. Well, survival (laughs) has been become synonymous with struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, You can survive and it be an accomplishment and it be a victorious thing. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it from the perspective of survival, I'm just trying to get to the next day. I'm just trying to pinch together a few pennies and just make it to the next day. You know, and I, I feel like that's what it is. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to get to the next day without getting caught up in something, without getting shot, without getting, 
you know, harassed by the police, you know, whatever it may be, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just talking about in the context of the clients that I've been dealing with, you know, right, right. Um, and I, I see it as a real thing that has caused depression. I'll just go ahead and say it. It's funny you say that because I was just sitting here thinking, like, think about the the mental implications associated with being in denial or having unrealistic expectations or comparison. And it is depression and it's also anxiety because, you know, a lot of times where depression is anxiety is, too. It's where crazy. depression is anxiety as well. They they often they often they're like a tag team, yeah. you know. They when are. one isn't engaged, the other is, and sometimes both are engaged at the same time, you know, and, and like you said, it, it, those different dimensions that we've talked about, comparison, expectations, living in denial, they create unpleasant emotions. They do. And how you handle and how you respond to those emotions is going to be very key. Yes. Because we're all human. And we've all compared ourselves at one point in time. We've all, you know, had some misplaced expectations. We've all, you know, dealt with denial at one point in time. How do you deal with that? How do you respond, you know, when you start picking up on the fact, you know what, I am comparing myself. Right. You know, I I, I have placed unrealistic expectations. Maybe I'm not being honest about who I am and who what I want to do with myself and what, what values I have. People really don't think about their values, what's important to them, what, what, what is their center, what brings them peace. Right. And if something brings me peace, I'm not going to sacrifice my peace just for the sake of being cool. But you have to be at peace with not living up to other people's expectations or the thought of what other people think that you should be. And that's another thing, owning other people's expectations. I mean, we have the expectations that we place on others and we have the expectations that we place on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the expectations that other people try to place on us. Yeah, that's a big one. That, that's a big one. Especially if it comes from a person that you have a close relation to like a parent or a boss or a mentor or something like that, where they're constantly um, living through you vicariously. Right. Unhealthy. Right. 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 It's very unhealthy and living through you vicariously. Yes. People will try to accomplish what they could not accomplish through you. Yep. Or did not have the focus to accomplish so projection. And so they start projecting what they wanted to do. And unfortunately, I see this happen, you know, in a parent-child relationship. You know, the, the, the parent ends up trying to live vicariously through the child That's and start true. putting expectations on the child. And, and children want to do what? Most children that have a healthy relationship with their parent, what do they want to do? They want to please the parent. And so they end up living their lives now owning a owning an idea of themselves that did not come from them 
You know, I could speak to that. I could give an example. Um, I talk to my son all the time about uh, where he see himself when he graduate from school. Because my son is not your typical 12-year-old. He hates school. That That's just what it is for him. However, he understands that it's a tool, right? Right. And I'm always like, okay, Nas, well, if you know you hate school, what is your plans for after school? He's like, well, mommy, I want to be the president. I want to be an architect. I want to be an NBA player. But I also like anime. I want to do stop animation. I want to do this. I want to do that. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, uh, help him develop these skills, right? And I know I told you before that my son edits my podcast. So I'm like, yeah, Naswell, you know, you could have a job, have a um, business editing for people, or you could have a business doing this. So trying to encourage him to have the mindset that at a young age, you can be a business owner. And it's not that far away. And he's like, but mommy, what if I just want to go get a regular job? And I had to stop myself. I was like, you know what? You're right. If you decide you just want to go get a little regular job at Starbucks, not downplaying a job at Starbucks at all. Right. Like right. not. They right. be taking care of their people, right? Right. But I told him, I said, if that's what you want to do, then I digress. Like, that's fine. I will support you in whatever decision that you make. I just think it's important that you have options and that you're aware of all of your options. And unfortunately, there are some things that you just won't think about. But as your parent, I'll be able to point out some skills that you have just to give you that option. And he's like, well, okay, mommy, I understand that. But, um, you know, if I do just want to get a regular job, I'll probably just do that. Or I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. And that's the thing. Even as adults, most of the time, we don't know what we want to do. So mm-hmm. we constantly have someone pointing us in one direction or telling us, no, this is the best bet. This is the best bet. It can be so easy for us to fall into that and to say, you know what? I'm just going to do this because this is what my mom told me and I trust her. Mm-hmm. Or, this is what my uh, best friend told me and I trust them and they're successful. Maybe I should just do this and then completely missing an opportunity to live out who you are purposefully, but authentically. Living out who you are purposefully and authentically. And how do we do that? Exercising Mm self-awareness. And and see, and and you said, you know, a lot of times we don't know what we want to do. But I guarantee you this much. Most of the time, we know what we want. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. We, we, We know what we want. And so if we know what we want, then we can start piecing together what needs to be done to get to the end end goal Mm -hmm. but like you said it's a balance to it you don't want to be so future and goal oriented that you miss being present and being present means making sure that you don't be too ambitious yeah you know set too high of an expectation on yourself have some balance in there have some self-care in there you know everything isn't about you can hustle too hard you can grind too hard. <laughs> and, and, so, when, and when you do that, you, you leave yourself imbalanced. Go ahead. What I was going to say is then, so let's give them some practical um, approaches to making sure that they're being mindful about their expectations or comparison or anything like that. Because I, I also want to add that not all comparison and expectations are bad. Some of them can actually be motivating. Absolutely. And even if we don't 
have those expectations on ourselves and it's introduced from someone else, um, we have to be intentional about how we apply or even what we apply because mis mix excuse me misplaced expectations is one thing but what if the expectations that's being introduced to you can actually propel you towards what you want to do right so having boundaries taking it sitting with it assessing if does this apply to my life is it suitable for me is my expectation that I have now suitable for me? Is it realistic, but also um, motivational for me enough to keep striving? Or is it going to make me stagnant? Does that make sense? Right. I, I, I do. I, I hear what you're saying. And so, no, not all comparison is bad and not all expectations are bad. Um, there is a thing called healthy comparison. Right. And, and, and oftentimes we do that in gratitude. You know, we think about what something could have been and we think about what it is now and we pull gratitude out of it. Right. You know? Like with the ice storm, I was grateful that I did not lose power because I, I did <laughs> for two days. Okay. <laughs> two days. And I know that's tough. It is. But look at God. I had a generator. How come on now? Listen, I had Thank a generator. You. It was wonderful. <laughs> Just they didn't have internet, but I had the generator. Right. Go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. Right. And so, you know, I compared my situation with the situation that other people were going through. And I was just like, man, I'm just really grateful that that wasn't our situation. Right. And that's healthy comparison, you know, because it puts things into perspective for you. Right. And it yields humility. Right, right, right. And it builds humility. And not only that, you said, what works for me? You talked about boundaries. Yes. Boundaries come from what? Me having an honest, introspective look at myself mm -hmm. and what works for me and what does not work for me. What, what, what causes me to slip up and what causes me not to slip up, what causes me to grow. Because you have to have the, what's the word, uh, the uh, discernment. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to have the discernment to say, this is good for me. This is not, you know. And, and I, I, how can I say it? It makes you feel better about yourself once you're able to distinguish the two. Of but course. it's important that you understand the difference between the two. What two are we talking about? Things that benefit me that come from other people and things that are being pushed on me from other people. Yeah. And you'll be able to, to sense that. That's where the discernment comes in because you'll feel an uneasiness. Mm -hmm. You know, you won't have peace about it. Like, for example, if I'm making a decision and I don't have peace about it, I'm not doing it. I, I'm just not doing it wholeheartedly. And it takes practice to get to a place where you can say a healthy no. Mm -hmm. Just know that that does not work for me. I trust you. I respect you. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate your concern and your input. But the answer is no. That, that's a whole skill set within itself. Right. Whole skill set. You know, and it, it's going to take time for people to learn how to set boundaries and what boundaries even look like 
do I need a soft boundary? Do I need a hard boundary? And what do I mean by that? Um, soft boundary meaning that it, it gets your point across, but it, it may be a little flexible based on the situation, right? A hard boundary is just completely no, that that's not working for me. It's unhealthy. I'm not doing it, you know? And let me try to think of an example. And you can help me out with this because I'm low-key drawing a blank. <laughs> but um, let's see, a soft boundary. Like a soft boundary could be, you know, somebody invited me out somewhere. You okay, know? Yes. And I've been wanting to go out and I've been saying that I've been wanting to go out. And I'm thinking about it right beforehand. And I'm like, uh, if I'm really being honest with myself, I'm tired. Yes, there we go. You know, if I'm really being honest, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. But I have a fear of letting my friends down. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and say, you know what? I'm, I'm saying no tonight, but I want to reschedule in the future. Perfect. You know, you know whereas... A hard no, a hard boundary could be, you know, I don't like dealing with dishonest people. Yeah. That's a very hard boundary. Why? Because I have seen what dishonesty can do to a relationship, Mm -hmm. to friendships, the trust that it destroys, and it takes a while to get that back. It takes a while to get that back. And yes, that's a, that's a hard no. Yeah, it is. That's a hard no. And you have to be able to distinguish the difference between the two. You know, someone asking me to go out, they have the expectation of me coming out. But if I'm really being honest with myself, I'm not up to going out tonight. And be honest with yourself because we can stretch ourselves thin for other people. Very much so. We can stretch ourselves thin for other people. And what does that create? It creates unpleasant emotions. And eventually, when you experience unpleasant emotions long enough, you're going to want to escape them. And that's where the ineffective coping mechanisms come in. Drugs, alcohol, isolation, you know, uh, 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 being very defensive, being overly sensitive, You know, all of these things, all these different, you know, coping mechanisms that don't build us up. They're maladaptive. They are not bringing us peace. Yep. I'll give you another example because especially in relationships, right? Um, I remember talking to someone and she said, hey, I'm in a relationship And um, I really love my partner, but he's just disrespectful. And I'm like, you know, how is he disrespectful? He curses at me and he curses at my child. Um, First of all, that I got stunned for a little bit. And in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, how do I give advice in a healthy way without saying you need to do this, right? So I'm like, well, let's think about this. How does it feel when your partner curses at you and curses at your child? And she's like, well, you know, for me, um, it's not something that's new. I've been cursed at in a relationship before, but for my child, I just absolutely cannot have him cursing at my child. And I said, well, how, how do you want to implement that? Because if he's okay with cursing at you 
and clearly okay with cursing at your child, how can you set a boundary in place where it doesn't occur? And she's like, well, you know, I don't want to. And my point here is we sat down and we went through it. You know, I explained to her what healthy, healthy boundaries look like, explained to her soft and hard boundaries. And what came out of it was that she was living in denial, right? She knew that being in that relationship, first of all, was not conducive to her overall health. And not only was she putting herself in, in an um, unhealthy situation, she was putting her child in an unhealthy situation. And by the end of the conversation, she was able to make the determination like, no, this is a hard boundary. I'm going to have to cut this relationship off because I cannot have them curse at my child. Where I might be okay with them cursing at me, which I shouldn't be, but she was being real, you know, I, I can deal with that. I just can't deal with it with my child. I'm gonna have to cut this relationship off. And that was the first step of actually coaching her to getting to a place where she could cut that relationship off. So even after we get out of denial and we make the decision to set a hard boundary, we have to build ourselves up to actually implementing the boundary. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you have to build yourself up. You have, it takes courage. It does. It takes, it takes courage to establish boundaries for yourself. It, it, it takes, it takes courage to hold those boundaries. That's, that's another thing. Just because we establish a boundary don't mean, does not mean that those boundaries will not get challenged from time to time. They'll get challenged all the time. <laughs> you know, and it, and it's going to really put your feet to the fire of, is this really my boundary? Is this really my boundary? And that comes from, again, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, true self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Constant self-assessment. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a constant self-assessment helps keep you out of those three dimensions. It does. But what about the people that intentionally stay in those dimensions even though they are constantly doing self-assessments constantly self-reflecting and coming into a state of awareness about where they are what they want to do right this is where again it comes in that you need to be built up to a point where you can get up instead of being at a crossroads like you know I really should be doing this but I'm not there yet you know, goes back to be, they're aware. They're not living in denial that that's what they're supposed to be doing. And they just, they're just not there yet. And they feel stuck. How, how can I get up? You know, and that's where other people come in that can help you get to those places. I I firmly believe if you're constantly doing self assessments, if you're constantly exercising self-awareness, it's hard to stay in those dimensions because there's a constant state of conflict. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that I see that, pe- that keeps people in those areas is, is that they have found some uh, type of vice, some type of vice, mm-hmm. something that they have come to terms with, something that they have settled with. Right. Like people who are in denial, that they've settled to some degree. Right. They, they, they've settled to some degree that living this way is better than me living my me 
my authentic self. And what people do is they, they make up excuses. You know, well, by me acting hard, everybody looks at me as cool. I'm, I'm less likely to get picked on. I'm, less, I'm more likely to be accepted by a group, which is a need. Mm -hmm. I, I'm more likely to feel secure when I walk down the street because people think that I'm hard and they ain't going to mess with me. So I feel safe. I feel secure. And I feel accepted by a group. That meets a need. Mm -hmm. That meets a need, even though you're not living your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And so people continually do it because see habits are formed by how rewarding our brain views a particular activity. So by me acting hard, I'm getting the reward of feeling accepted by a group. I'm getting the reward of feeling safe and secure. I'm getting the reward of feeling like a man, you know? Right. And, and, and so you, you associate that with the defense mechanism, because that's what it is. I, I'm changing my presentation so that I can survive. I'm adapting my presentation, my personality to my environment. That's a defense mechanism. So what about a person who... Um, and I agree with what you're saying. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because, you know, there's a lot of people who will watch this video and have questions um, based off of their own interpretations, right? So what about a person who have lived a lifestyle like that? And I'm using the same scenario. Um, doing this makes me cool or makes me hard or what, whatever it is, right? And they've lived like that for such a long period of time that that facade has been forced off, so to speak. And they know like, no, this is not getting me the results that I thought it would, but it has become such a way of life. Like you said, they settled and now they're, the, they're not getting out of it because of fear. Mm -hmm. They are aware that this is not working for me anymore. They are aware that um, they did have those misplaced expectations, that they were comparing their lifestyle based off of what they've seen in their culture and their community. And now that they're ready to make that change, they're just terrified. Just terrified of the new them and what it will look like and losing their friends, that fear of loss. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into that. And that's what I was trying to get to when I said, um, they're aware, but at a crossroad. And, and you know, if, if you're aware and at a crossroad, um, that's what denial does. Mm -hmm. It puts you in, in a constant state of conflict, of, in, of internal conflict. Okay. Because being the real you really makes you happy. It really True. makes you happy. It does. It, it, it really makes lie. you happy. But the thing is, is that you've been living this way so long as this has been your defense mechanism for so long. We see this with people with relationships, people who have come out of abusive, abusive, toxic relationships, and then they find something good. And, and then it's, it's just hard because right. they've developed defense mechanisms over time. And it's hard to shed that because I don't want to experience the same pain that I experienced before. So getting rid of that residue. The residue. Getting yeah. rid of the residue. Because now that it's a, it's a conflict within a conflict. You figured out that, okay, I'm with, I'm, I have a conflict, but now we got to figure out the conflict of being in denial about the conflict that you're in, if that makes sense. 
it's complex. It's not uh, one dimensional or one layered. It's like peeling back an onion. You deal with one conflict first and then another conflict presents itself or rises to the surface and then you got to deal with another one of those. And um, that's where the support comes in, right? That That's what we do essentially. And it, it's important. I, I, I get that. I'm there. Yeah, you, know, you know, because especially, you know, working with the adolescent population, they have an expectation of themselves that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of times they, they own the expectations of their environment. I'm not supposed to cry. I'm, I'm not supposed to be vulnerable. I'm not supposed to let stuff out. Right. Because that's weak. Or trust that's people. Soft. Or trust people. Because, and, and then some of it is rooted in safety and survival. Because trusting people can get you killed, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so the, the, it does come from a place, but it's about balance. It's about balance. What do I want for myself? So, you know, giving practical examples. Let's start off with what do I want for myself? What brings me peace? What, what gives me joy and satisfaction in life? Right. If, if that's, I don't know, flipping houses, right? All right. I'm go- I enjoy flipping houses. Now, if you're going to watch HGTV, use it, compare it, use healthy comparison so that you can help grow your business and get business ideas. Yeah. Don't look at HGTV and then be like, okay, I'm not doing something right. Get intimidated. Well, I didn't know that I had to do all that. And I didn't know how to, it's how you, it's your perception. You need perception action. It's reality. You need action. You know? Then set then set expectations for yourself, okay? Based off of my goal, I can foresee that I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to start the process to get there. Set realistic expectations for yourself. Rome wasn't built built in a day. Mm -hmm. So go slower. Go slower. Slow down and be like, okay. All right, let me go ahead and get this book. This seems to be a pretty good resource. I'm going to go ahead and start building up my bank account. All right. These are small things that you got to do in the beginning if you want to have a business. Right. And then use other people's business, not as a means of downplaying what you're doing, but to sharpen what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Because now you're looking at comparison as a way of building myself up, giving me ideas to grow as opposed to com- using that as a measuring stick of what I'm not doing. Right. That ain't realistic expectations on myself of, okay, I know that I can at least start doing these two things to help progress me towards my goal. And it's a realistic expectation for myself. People will then try to impose what they think your business should be on you in an expectation. And then what do you have to do? You have to hold the line. You have to hold that boundary. I appreciate your advice, but this is the direction that I'm going. Right. Learn how to say no. Learn, and, and you say no from what? You say no from being authentic about what's important to you and holding the line. Hold that boundary. Yep. Certain things I'll, I'll adjust on. Okay, well, I could see how that could benefit my business. I, I could see how that... But certain things that, that, that's the reason why the first thing, you know, 
as long as we're talking about a business, it's important for you to write your mission statement for your business, write your objective, write your goals for your business and hold tight to that. And don't let nobody, you know, adjust that. Because if you do allow somebody to adjust that, what does it cause? It causes unhappiness because something that was naturally coming from you is now being altered and shifted. And now you don't feel like it's yours anymore. Then you start living in denial. So, what so I'm hearing everything is- that brought you peace is now becoming a burden because you're not allowing it to be a true reflection of the authentic you. Right. I'm sorry for cutting you off before. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. (laughs) You know, I mean, because that's what denial does. Denial blocks our, our, our sight. It, It allows us not to see who we really are, what we really like, how we can really grow the best mm-hmm. in denial you can be in denial about a whole lot of things you can be on a job in denial working a job just because you like the paycheck but it doesn't bring you peace that's denial that absolutely is denial and so what going back to what i said said before when you're in denial and when you stay in denial there's some part of you that has settled. Well, you know what? It's paying me a good paycheck. It's, you know, it's, it's meeting the need. And I don't think that I can get another paycheck like this somewhere else. So I'm just going to stay here. Well, the benefits are good. I'm just going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look, let's assess what's in your control that you can shift around so that you can still be at the same job and still get the same benefits and still get a good check, but maybe be in a different department. Right. Maybe there's a sister facility somewhere that you can transfer to. But people, a lot of times they settle. They settle because fear holds them back. Fear holds us back. I'll, I'll include myself in it. I, I'm not confident. I'm not confident in the reaction or the response to me speaking up for myself. I'm not confident in the response from me advocating for myself. I'm not confident in, 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 in me really letting the real me out. This is why it's important. It's a need to feel accepted. You know, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right. you know, it, it, it talks about that. You know, love and belonging. You know, you got physiological needs, you got safety, then you have love and belonging, esteem, self-actualization. Love and belonging is it is important to feel part of a group and to feel accepted. And that and so the type of people that you have around you is very important. The type of people that are around you are going to determine the type of comparisons that you make, the type mm-hmm. of perception that you have the type of expectations that you have. Our circle affects us. It does. And it changes. And we have to be okay with when it's time to let go. You know, there's different relationships that will serve its purpose based on where we are in life. And oftentimes people do try to drag those relationships along to the next level. 
you know, that requires a different group of friends, you know, but that's, that's for a whole, whole other conversation. We're yeah, not even yeah. going to get into that. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I mean, this, but this, uh, this conversation can go just so many, so many ways, so many ways, so many ways. What I will but, say is this, right. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to um, get to a place that when you are aware, have an exit plan. An exit plan gives you the hope that you need to make the transition into living your living out who you are authentically, but it also helps you to be realistic to say, you know what, I might not be there yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to endure whatever comes with where I am right now, but I know that once I implement these steps, I will get there no matter how long it takes me. I won't give up on myself. I will not stay here. I might be here now, but it's temporary. And that's the key word. Recognizing what needs to be temporary in your life and not permanent. And and that's something that keeps people in denial because they think that this is my life and that's it. There's no other option. There's no way to, to overcome this. Where would I start? How would I do it? My life has become so set up on where I am right now or whatever job I'm doing that I will really have to start over. And even if you do have to start over, it's okay to start over. But just know if you're in a place that you are not being authentic about who you are and you know it, that an exit plan is necessary. Because where you are is temporary. So I just wanted to put that in there. The exit plan is necessary because where you are is temporary. Yes. I think that's a good place to end it right there. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it right there. But Danielle, thank you so much. I actually want to do a part two on this discussion because I feel like we, I I feel like there's still more to be said about this same topic. topic so again i thank you so much for you know just coming on here and offering your insight and your wisdom and your experiences it's it's been awesome and we're gonna have to do this again i'm i'm here for it it's always a pleasure always Always. a pleasure always all right bye-bye later you're welcome thank you for listening to another episode of pure reflections the podcast be sure to rate review hit the subscribe button and share with a friend For information about today's show, be sure to check out the show notes below. As always, stay focused, be true, and be you.